Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. You ever had anybody say to you, you've lost your mind? Sometimes we'll say that in sort of a joking way when we just don't agree with what somebody's thinking or we think they've gone off in a new direction that's not right. You know, that happened to Jesus one time. Jesus' own family thought he had lost his mind when he started doing his public ministry and started showing them what God was really like. People thought he'd lost his mind because they had a false mindset. They were actually the ones who had lost their minds. And, you know, many times what we think is true is false. It's just the opposite of what's really true in God's kingdom. Do you ever wonder why did Jesus come? Well, there are all kinds of people have their theories and different things, but I mean, he told us why he came. See, Adam and Eve lost their minds. Initially, they had a true, original, perfect mindset. They knew exactly who they were. They knew who God was. There was no question. And then all of a sudden, what we call the fall, they developed a false mindset. See, Jesus was the only human being with the true, original, perfect mindset since Adam and Eve. And Jesus said, here's why I came. I came to seek and save that which was lost. Not those who were lost, but that which was lost. He came to seek and save the true mindset, the true mindset of who God is, who we are, and who everybody else is. And that's, of course, what he was doing to fulfill his goal, which is the ultimate restoration of all people to our original mindset. Jesus showed and demonstrated that true mindset about God. He showed us that God is all good. There's nothing bad about him. There's no separation between us and God. There's only oneness. He revealed the Father, who is perfect love. Jesus himself demonstrated perfect, unconditional love in the most powerful way ever. He demonstrated true power. When people took him, arrested him, tried him, beat him, flogged him, nailed him to the cross, he demonstrated power in the greatest way ever. He had the power to call a hundred legion of angels to come and just toast everybody, but he didn't. He had the power just to say so, and they would have all not existed anymore. He had the power to call down fire from heaven if he wanted to. He had the power to do that, but he demonstrated true power by not retaliating. He showed us God's unconditional love. Now, when Jesus was here on earth and for centuries before that, the Jewish people had wanted a Messiah, a Savior, and they believed that the Messiah would be a political or a military leader that would take care of all of their enemies, either kill them or put them into subservience to the Jews. That comes from a false mindset about God. 
Two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, one time demonstrated that false mindset to the max. The disciples were out on the road, and they were going to go through a uh, Samaritan town, get some food and and, uh, supplies and stuff. And the people in the Samaritan town said, we don't want you here. Don't come here. So James and John, John, who later became the meek disciple of love, James and John said, okay, Jesus, you want us to call down fire and brimstone from heaven and just burn this town up, toast them? Jesus says, guys, that's a false mindset. He says, you don't know what mindset you've got. You don't know what spirit you're of. I don't work that way. Well, James and John later on understood. Go back several hundred years before Jesus to when Joshua was the leader of the Jewish nation. Joshua met Jesus. Joshua had a false mindset. The first four chapters of the book of Joshua, after Joshua took over leadership when Moses died, tell about the early things that happened when Joshua led the people across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. And then in Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 to 15, Joshua was out in the countryside by himself. He was near Jericho, and he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us? Or for our enemies? Neither, the man replied. And most Bible scholars believe this is what's called a theophany, an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. The man said, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. And Joshua realized that he was supernatural, that he was sent from God. Whether or not he realized he was the Lord, he probably did because he called him that. Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and said, What message does my Lord have for his servant? And Jesus said, take off your sandals. The place where you're standing is holy ground. Same thing that the burning bush that God said through the burning bush to Moses, who was Joshua's predecessor. See, Joshua had a false mindset. He thought, okay, if this is a representative from God, I better find out, is he for us or for our enemies? And Jesus said, I'm not for any, I'm for both of you. I'm not against either one of you. Now, Jesus, of course, had a true mindset. He knew who God is. He's the only person who knew God is because he came from God and he was God. He knew what God's really like. Jesus also knew who he, as a human being, really was and who we all are. Jesus demonstrated that God doesn't favor one group over another. He does choose groups at different times, like he chose the Israelites in their time to reveal him. God said, I'm blessing you so that you will be a blessing to everybody else on the face of the earth. Now, they quickly took on to that blessing thing, but they forgot blessing everybody else, and they considered everybody else their enemies. Well, Jesus blesses us today so that we're blessed and so that we can be a blessing and tell everybody else who God really is, who they are, and who everybody is. Jesus just demonstrated over and over again in his time here on earth that God is love and God loves all people. So once the people saw that Jesus wasn't going to be a political and military leader, they turned on him. See, they had this false mindset about God. They wanted God to be for them and their religion and their nation and against everybody else. They had a false mindset about God. That's the human way, you know, to retaliate, to conquer, to defeat, to power up, to have a literally a false mindset about God and themselves and other people. And they thought, well, Jesus can't be God because he's not against our enemies. So we got to get rid of him. 
And of course they did. But God's way is totally different than that. God's way is a true mindset of unconditional one-way love for everyone. As you live with the true mindset, the mind of Christ, you experience real time what the Apostle Paul called the fruit of the Spirit. This is Galatians 5, to 24, and this is the Passion Translation. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. And of course, this is exactly what we saw in Jesus at the cross. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Jesus exhibited all of those in spades at the cross. Now, the opposite of that, when you have a false mindset or living after the flesh, as Paul also talked about in Galatians 5, is manipulating other people, hatred of those who get in your way, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, envy, senseless arguments, resentment, being in love with your own opinion. Of course, the obvious sins, murder, sexual immorality, uncontrolled addiction, lying, things like that. Well, Jesus, who had a true mindset, didn't do any of those. He only expressed love and the expressions of love when he was here on earth, especially at his crucifixion. Now, he could do that because he had a true mindset. When you have a true mindset, you are free indeed. Jesus only said and did what the Father told him to say and do. He had the faith of Christ. There's only one faith. Did you know that? There's only one faith, Jesus' faith. In Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 7, the Apostle Paul wrote this while he was a prisoner in Rome for believing in Jesus. And he said this, As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you and in you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit, as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. There is one faith, one baptism, and one Father, and He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. And he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ, which is, of course, immeasurable. There's only one faith, Jesus' faith. Now, let's take a look at that. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the assurance or the title deed or confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Jesus had faith when he went to the cross that God the Father and the Holy Spirit would do what they had agreed to do before they ever even created anything and then would be manifested at the cross. He had faith that he would make it through that and they would raise him from the dead. Now, Look at what Jesus asked us to do. The night before he died, Jesus got the disciples together. They were in the upper room in uh, John chapter 13 through 17. He sort of summarized all that he was about. And in John 13, 34, he said, a new commandment I give you, 
Now, the original tense of what he said and the way the sentence was structured meant that this new commandment superseded all the old commandments. And we know, of course, from other passages in the New Testament that when Jesus died, the law was set aside. It was abolished. It was made obsolete. So he said, I'm going to give you a new commandment. And here's what it is. This takes the place of all the others. Love one another as I have loved you. That's the way I want you to love one another. And of course, Christ in us right now loves other people exactly as he did at the cross. Ephesians 4.32, Paul wrote, Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely in advance, just as God also forgave you. Well, how do we do that? We can't in our own physical strength and own physical ability, but Christ in us can and will and does. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us as Jesus did on the cross. And when we get wounded by other people, whatever they do, and the sin we so easily fall into, the sin we so easily fall into, the sin of the world that Jesus took away, is a false mindset. Don't go back to the false mindset. Sin, the Greek word harmartia, is missing the mark of perfection, missing the mark of the mindset, the perfect mindset of who God is, who we are, and who everybody else is. Then the writer says, then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the past's already been marked out for us. Verse 2, so we look away from the natural realm. Instead of focusing on what we see and hear and taste and smell and feel, instead of looking at what we see in words that talk about God as being different than what he really is or hearing messages from people or whatever, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of faith. There is only one faith. It's Jesus' faith. We don't have to drum up faith or try to have more faith or anything. No, it's all Jesus' faith. And Jesus is in us. And Jesus leads us forward in faith's perfection. His example is this, the writer of Hebrews says, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross. See, he was, his heart was focused on joy. But he was able to endure the agony of the cross and conquered his humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. And we sit there with him, Ephesians 2 tells us. A great cloud of invisible witnesses encircles you right now and all the time. And think about this. A great cloud of invisible witnesses encircled Jesus at the cross. Do you know who was in that great cloud? Everybody who was ever created and going to be created. We existed before we came to earth. Scripture tells us that God knew us before he created us, before he placed us in our mother's womb. You and I were in the great cloud of witnesses, witnessing Jesus' death, crucifixion, and resurrection. We were cheering him on in that great cloud of witnesses. Back to Galatians 5.24. Keep in mind, the writer says, that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion with Jesus, for everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Jesus. You and I were crucified with Jesus. That's hard for us to understand. We don't see that in our physical five senses. So ask God in you, Christ in you, the Holy Spirit in you, 
ask them to reveal to you what that means, that you already were crucified with Christ. Now, not sure when you're listening to this, but when I'm recording it, we're in the midst of our COVID-19 situation here in the United States, all around the world. And because of that, many people have been attacked with feelings of loneliness, fear, worry, uncertainty, and despair. You and I, though, have a different mindset. We can offer them, we can give to them, we can reveal to them the truth of a true mindset. We can tell others that, yeah, things aren't going so well right now in what we can see with our five senses, but we can assure them and say, you know what? God loves you. God is for you. God has already included you and accepted you already. We can tell them God is in them and always has been in them, always will be in them, and he will never leave them and forsake them. So as you go through this week, when you're listening to this, if you're still cooped up at home with the quarantine thing, then, of course, maybe you're listening to this once that's over and we're able to go out and be with people again. Live as Jesus did, especially at the cross, that God's divine love in you. Let all of its varied expressions come out. Let Jesus live as you, expressing that divine love and joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Believe that and trust in Jesus to live as you and to love as you. And he will. Thanks, everybody. See you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.